Live and local from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. This is Acadiana's number one sports station. Number one. Number one. 103.7 The Game. KLWB. Karen Crow Lafayette. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Give it to me. Give it to me now. And this is Bumper to Bumper Sports with Ben Love on 103.7 The Game and live online at 1037thegame.com. What the hell's going on here? Let's go, people. We are off and running. Hour two of three underway. Welcome back in. More of the good stuff. I'm Ben Love, and this is Bumper to Bumper Sports Live on 103.7 The Game. We're about to talk more football, but a reminder, it's opening day for college baseball. I know. LSU and Air Force, they've been bumped back a day. They'll play tomorrow at the box over in Baton Rouge. But right now, it's our pleasure to bring aboard the Twin Peaks Hotline, Luke Diamond with the For the Culture podcast covering the Indianapolis Colts. Luke, welcome aboard. Hope you're having a great day. That is a badass title for a podcast. (laughs) I appreciate it, Ben. Thank you for having me on. All right, so how much of a shock was it to you that as the Colts were looking for their quarterback, Carson Wentz might become the apple of their eye? Well, there's obviously a lot of connecting the dots going on. You see Nick Sirianni go over to Philadelphia to become the coach, and then he brings over Gannon as his defensive coordinator. And, of course, you have Frank Reich, the head coach of the Colts, the OC over there in Philly when Wentz was playing you know, on the top of his game back in 2016 as a rookie in 2017 when he was – Honestly, arguably an MVP candidate. Then, of course, he gets hurt. They go on to win the Super Bowl with Nick Foles. And then it's kind of been downhill since then with Carson Wentz. So the stars kind of aligned to connect the dots. And I think it made a lot of sense. I still believe that the Colts' number one target this offseason was Matthew Stafford. The price was a little bit too high and out of reach. And then they end up, you know, backing out of that. He goes to the Rams and then the Colts land. Carson Wentz. Well, let's talk about the price that you do end up paying. The Colts for Carson Wentz, that is. You send Philly's way a second-round pick next year that's conditional and a third-round pick this year. What do you think of what it took to to get Carson over? Yeah, well, my favorite part about the deal is that, obviously, you hold on to this year's 21st overall pick. So you keep this year's first-round pick. You also keep this year's second-round pick. You give up the 85th overall pick in the third round this year. So... You look at the needs the Colts have to address this offseason. It could be done in free agency or it could be done in the draft. They need a starting left tackle. Anthony Costanza retires. They need an edge rusher. They need a corner. So there's some pretty big needs on this team where you'd like to have your premier pick. So I like the current what we're giving up in 2021 at least with just that 85th overall pick, which could be recouped. You could trade back in 21. You could recoup a third-round pick this year. And then all of a sudden it's almost like you gave up nothing this year to get Carson Wentz. And then next year, of course, you have the second-round pick, which could turn into a first-round pick if Carson Wentz either plays 75% of the offensive snaps for the Colts or he plays 70% of the snaps and the Colts make the playoffs. So ideally, I would have liked to have given up less. But what I love about this deal from the Colts' perspective is when you look at the leverage, what Ballard put on the table a week and a half ago, this was the offer. He never budged. His initial offer was on the table. The Eagles asked for more. He said no. The Eagles asked for more. He said no. The Eagles asked for more. He said no. And then eventually the Eagles agreed. There was no other team bidding. The Bears were out. The Panthers were out. The Broncos were out. And then the Colts end up getting Carson Wentz at the exact price Chris Ballard wanted him at about a week and a half ago. We continue with Luke Diamond. He's the host of the For the Culture podcast. All right, back to Wentz and his current viability. I know he's getting the band back together with all those guys that coached him once upon a time in Philly. How good do you think this guy could be? 
Well, you know, everybody's obviously talking about 2017, and that would be great. 33 touchdowns, 7 picks, 11-2 and two as a starter before getting hurt. And you would love to see him return to that form. And I think it's possible over time. Do I expect a broken product, which is what Wentz has turned into over the last couple of years with Doug Peterson, to just magically plug in in Indianapolis and be that guy he was in 2017? No, 2018, 19, and 2020, which was really bad 2020, those years did happen. Wentz is what he is in this moment. Could he be fixed? I believe he could be fixed. I believe he will play much better. And you'll see the arrow pointing upwards. You'll see an improvement. Will he get back to 2017 immediately? No. But is it a possibility in the next year or so, or even throughout the course of the 2021 season? I definitely think it is because you look at the upgrade in the offensive line, I think he was stacked like 50 times last year in only 12 games. That's not going to happen in, in Indianapolis. When you look at the Colts' offensive line, you have what should be a top three running back in the National Football League this year. In the second year, Jonathan Taylor now going into his sophomore season. The playmakers, the tight ends, and then a defense to protect leads. So when you bundle all that with Carson Wentz, his connection with Frank Reich and everything he'll have around him in Indianapolis, and just getting out of the toxic environment, between you hear all the rumors coming out now between him and Doug Peterson, I definitely think that it'll be a much more successful season for Carson Wentz in 2021 than it was in 2020. And you'll see him to continue to improve and hopefully get closer and closer to the player he once was in 2017. Luke, remind me, uh, the Colts do retain Jacoby Brissett on the roster, right? No, Jacoby will be a unrestricted free agent and he will not be back. Okay, so this is going to be a Wentz or bust proposition. There's not some kind of safety net. No, you do have Jacob Eason on the roster. The coach drafted Jacob Eason last year in the fourth round out of Washington. So I think you could see him be the backup. I also think you could see the Colts possibly make a move for an Andy Dalton-type veteran backup if they don't feel comfortable with Jacob Eason taking those backups reps this season okay that makes sense uh one more for our guest luke diamond he's the host of the for the culture podcast we're starting to get a better feel of the market for quarterbacks and already i, I think we know that los angeles overpaid for matt stafford they just wanted their guy and they mm-hmm. basically have covered their tracks on mistakes with jared goff we now know what indy had to give up for carson wentz in return what do you think it would take for the carolina panthers or anybody at this point to pry deshaun watson away from houston well, even before the market inflated itself this offseason, I thought you were probably going to start at three firsts and two seconds, like a starting point before Houston just hangs up on you. But, man, Houston has really handled this entire thing so incredibly poorly. And what we know on the outside, I think, is just scratching the surface of how bad it actually is in Houston. So. You have a quarterback who doesn't want to be there. He doesn't want to play there. He's obviously, you know, he wants to be somewhere else. He's threatening to hold out if they bring him back. And who knows, you know, eventually money talks. And if they actually were to hold on to him, would he end up playing? I kind of lean towards, yes, he would end up playing because you're just leaving too much money on the table. But I think the starting place before Stafford, before Wentz, was probably three firsts and two seconds. And then the negotiation begins. When Matthew Stafford, who's, what, at this point, six years older than Sean Watson, I think that you might be starting now at four firsts, and it will take a lot. And there's definitely teams out there that would be willing to give up that type of draft equity and draft compensation. 
but it is, you know, it's going to take a lot from both sides to get that deal done. Should be an interesting uh, remainder of this NFL offseason. It feels like it's only just begun. Luke, thanks so much for the time. We appreciate the time. No problem, Ben. Appreciate you having me. There you go. Luke Diamond, host of the For the Culture podcast.